Good morning. Let's go ahead and find our place. Stand together as we worship the Lord through song this morning, singing out a great song. Glory to his name. Let's praise the name of Jesus this morning. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Sing it out. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. joining us for worship today at First Baptist Church of Wixom. Here are a few upcoming events to help you stay connected. The E3 Sunday School series has just completed its second segment. It began with starting points and just finished the exchange segment. The third segment is called Giving the Exchange and it begins on March 26th. Giving the Exchange is a course designed to help Christians move from casual friendships to redemptive relationships that include gospel conversations. Everyone is invited to this class, which meets on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for four weeks. Join us for this fun and informative class starting next Sunday, March 26th at 9.45 in room 403. Community groups meet tonight at 6 p.m. If you are not yet connected with the Sunday p.m. community group, please visit fbcwixom.org forward slash community groups for more information. Community groups meet most Sunday nights at 6 p.m. All FBC attenders are encouraged to sign up for one-on-one discipleship. Books and information are available in the link. In just a few minutes, we'll be dismissing children four years through the third grade out the back of the auditorium to our junior church ministry. While there, they will enjoy a great time as they sing songs, play games, and hear a message from God's Word prepared just for them. Giving is one of the many ways we have to worship the Lord. If you'd like to give financially, you can utilize the giving box in the back of the auditorium, or you can give online at fbcwixom.org and click on the tab at the top of the page. If this is your first time at FBC, we would love to connect with you. If you'd like more info about FBC, prayer, or to learn how you can get involved, you can fill out a connections card online at fbcwixom.org forward slash connect. Also, make sure to stop by the Welcome Center for a special gift on your way out after the service. Once again, thank you for joining us for worship today. Now, we invite you to worship the Lord through song as we prepare to hear from God's Word this morning. Well, good morning, church. It is great to see you this morning, and if you're a guest, we want to extend a very warm invitation to you as well. Uh, I have a brief announcement that I'd like to make this morning just pertaining to something that you're going to see in the next number of weeks on our announcement video and we want to get ahead of that curve and just explain a little bit about what it is. Uh, in April you're going to be, uh, if you uh, currently work with children or anyone under the age of 18, we are going to have a child protection training seminar that we um, invite everybody who works with children to attend. Um, more information on that I will share in just a, just a moment. 
Now, over the last number of months as a staff, this has really came out of our discussions and our conversations, and we've been discussing improvements that we want to make to our current policies and just make sure that we have as safe an environment as possible for our children and our young people, Um, and we're putting some things in place to make sure that that is as safe as we can make it. Ultimately, we want our ministry to be protected, uh, and we want to be above reproach in all that we're doing. And one of these steps is we're going to require anyone who works with minors, that is anyone under the age of 18, uh, to attend one of the two training sessions that we're going to have each year. So now you might ask, what is in the training session? Well, um, during each of these training seminars um, that will be offered, uh, we're going to be covering the basics of working with minors, working with children under the age of 18, what are appropriate behaviors and what are inappropriate behaviors, how to deal with discipline issues or disruptive behavior, as well as some guidelines that are specific to each individual uh, children's and youth ministry. Um, We foresee this training lasting about an hour each time that we would meet, and then at the end of that hour there would be an optional first aid training as well. Now, the question is, who is required to go? Well, we are requiring that anyone who works with minors, that is, anyone who works with any children's ministry or any of the youth ministries, must attend one of the two offered sessions per year. Uh, Both those sessions will be the same information, uh, just on different dates, more for your convenience. Um, So if you have completed a child protection form in the last number of years or you currently work with children, then you must attend one of these two sessions each year to continue serving in that capacity. Now, currently, we ask our pastoral staff or deacons or security and anyone who works with children or youth to complete the child protection form, and we would also require each one of those people, if you serve in any of those ways, to attend this training. So when is the training? The first one is going to be on the 13th of April at 7 p.m. So there's a Thursday evening. And the second one later in the year will be on Saturday, the 9th of September at 5 p.m. Both of those events are currently on our church calendar. So if you want to check that out for more information, um, that's there. But we, do, we are stating that you must attend one of these two sessions in the calendar year to continue serving in children's or youth ministry. Uh, if for some reason neither you know already that neither of those dates work for you, then please do come and see me and let me know that ahead of time. Um, I'm also, if you miss both of those meetings, then we will ask that you step back from serving with children or young people until the next training session comes around in the following year. Uh, safety is of the utmost importance to us here, so ultimately I know it creates a little bit of a a difficulty. Perhaps it creates a strain on you to find another evening to come out and come to something like this, but ultimately uh, we want to do all things decently and in order, uh, and we want to do things as safe as possible. So mark your calendar for one of those two dates, and thank you for your patience as I explained this this morning. Thank you, Johnny, and welcome. Good morning, everyone. Just a quick question as we get started today. I want to follow up on one of the video announcements. How many would say, I've got a friend, at least one friend? Anybody? All right, most of us have a friend. Some of us still working on that. Giving the Exchange is a segment of E3 Sunday School that you heard Jeremy explain on the video this morning, but I just want to follow up quickly with you. That this segment of E3 Sunday School called Giving the Exchange is intended to help Christians go from having a friend to inviting friends to put faith in Jesus Christ. Most of us have friends. Some of us need to work on developing friendships with unsaved people. But almost every Christian needs some tools and some encouragement to take those relationships to the next level And invite someone to faith in Jesus. And we want everyone in our church to have that confidence. And so this Sunday school class starts next Sunday on the 26th. It's at 945. It's in room 403 down here in the school hallway. 
There will be a couple weeks off because of Easter and a special guest uh, that we have coming on April the 2nd. But then that class will conclude in the remaining weeks of April. Everyone in our church is invited. If you've never been to a Giving the Exchange class, you're invited to come, learn how to take your friendships to the place where you can invite people to faith in Jesus. We're really glad to have each of you here today. And as Johnny said, a special welcome to our guests. We're looking forward to worshiping together with you this morning. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this time together. Father, we're grateful for so many things. You have been so good to us. Lord, for the health and strength to be able to be here today, for Lord, the the camaraderie we share with the rest of your family, for safety and security, for this warm and comfortable room, and for the, the printed word of God that we hold in our hands, for the opportunity to worship you with music, for all of these gifts this morning we say thank you. And we ask, Lord, that our worship today would be right, that it would be in spirit, as you've said, and in truth. May we worship you with a pure heart. And Lord, would you help us to come to you today hungry, that you might feed us from your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand together, continue singing, emphasizing our hope is in Jesus. Let's sing this out. My hope is in the Lord who gave himself for me and paid the price for all my sin at emphasizing the fact that our God can be depended upon because he is truly faithful. Let's sing this out together. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not.
drop out. This is just one of those choruses I love to hear you guys sing a cappella on. Let's sing this out. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Sing it out. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Do you believe it? All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Great singing. You can be seated. God brought out his people with a strong and mighty hand, took them out of slavery to behold the promised land. Mountains fled before them, and the seas turned back and ran, and they saw that he was good. God is faithful. To his promise, he is with us, he is with us. God is faithful, God is faithful to his own. God has come to free us. From the bondage of our sin, tasting of His kindness, we cannot go back again. Leads us through the desert to the rivers of His grace, working all things for our good. God is faithful. To his promise, he is with us, he is with us. God is faithful, God is faithful to his own. have known your mercy and your love as in the past. If days be few or many, you will guide us to the last. You have said it, we believe it, every promise holding fast. For we know that you are good. God is faithful. To his promise, he is with us, he is with us. God is faithful, God is faithful to his own. You are faithful to your promise. You are with us, you are with us, you are faithful, you are faithful to your own. You're faithful to your own. Jeremy, God is faithful. That is the theme of our message this morning. Psalm 143 is where we're at today. Psalm 143. We've been going through what we call a theology in the Psalms in this series of messages entitled Albums of Worship. 
And I've explained to you that a theology is really a study of God that leads us to some conclusions about who he is and what we're supposed to do. How are we supposed to respond to who God is? This is a really important question, and I hope for you over these last several weeks, you have been encouraged to respond with true and deeper worship. You see, our God is worthy of praise, and this is the whole lesson of Psalm 150, that he is worthy to have his greatness applauded. That is the idea of praise. And so we've tried as a church to applaud some things. We've applauded the fact that he is advocate, that he is the blesser, that he is close to us, that he's our counselor and creator, our deliverer, the great doer. He's eternal. And last week we studied this fact, the fact that he is exalted with or without us. But one of the interesting things that the psalmist says is, I don't want God just to be exalted. I want to exalt him. I want to extol him. And I actually want you to exalt him with me, that we would worship God together. And I hope that as we sing together on Sunday morning, that it's not just a group of people singing, but we're actually doing what the psalmist challenged us to do last week, and that is to exalt Jesus together, like the signs say on the back of the auditorium, to lift him up. You see, this is really important. Our, your leadership here, the pastoral leadership team, gathers weekly, and we have something, a pressing issue on our minds. And that is that we do not want our Sunday gatherings to be about singing music and hearing somebody talk. We want our Sunday gatherings to be about lifting up Jesus. And we don't want to just talk about lifting up Jesus. We want to actually do it. And we challenge each other on Sunday mornings before our prayer time. What are you doing to lift up Jesus today? We don't, we don't just sing about it. We don't just talk about it. We want to actually do it. And so throughout this year, you might say, wow, I feel like every Sunday morning is a little bit, I don't know, it's kind of the same feel We just keep talking about God and how great God is and how we're supposed to exalt Jesus as God. And if that's your feeling, you're right. That's the whole point. That is worship, thinking bigger and deeper thoughts about God. And I hope that you do that. I hope that it's not just an academic exercise for you as we go through each of these individual characteristics. Today we want to applaud the fact that God is faithful, as Jeremy just said saying to us this morning. You know what faithfulness means, right? Faithful means continuing on and on and on, even when you're not thinking about it. I think a a negative example of faithfulness, just hang with me for just a second. A few years ago, we had the opportunity, several of us, to go to Zambia, Africa, to experience life there in the bush for 10 days. It was an unbelievable trip. It literally feels to an American like you're on a totally different planet. Everything's different. In the bush, no plumbing, just a hole in the ground, no fresh water, no normal cooking utensils, no electricity, just an unbelievably different way of life. And we kept saying when we were there, this is just hard to imagine. Like, how could you even bring this back to people in the States and help them understand it? But after that trip, those of us that went, we kept saying, you know what? Now that we're back here in relative luxury, and this is luxury, now that we're here in luxury, it's hard to imagine that they're still living that way and they will always live that way. That's just life in some parts of the world. It's still going on. Like they're approaching evening right now in Zambia and life is very, very different for them. They're coming in out of the fields. Children are scrambling to find critters to eat for dinner. I mean, they're, they're trying to just subsist for one more day in many places of the world. And it's hard to imagine that's going on right now. Whether you're thinking about it, it's going on. Or if you're not thinking about it, it's still going on, right? That is, in a sense, a, a metaphor for faithfulness. On a positive end, think about like an appliance or something in your house that maybe is useful because it's always working. I'll give you an example of a sump pump, all right? If you live as we do in an area where if your sump pump breaks, 
then your basement floods and you have a mess and things get ruined. You want your sump pump to be faithful, right? You don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and think, I wonder if the sump pump's running. It just should run, right? Whether you're thinking about it, it should work. If you're not thinking about it, it should work. We see the same thing in nature. There are things in nature we just count on. You probably have never gone to bed wondering if the sun would come up. It just always comes up, right? We, we talk about a, a geyser out in Yellowstone, known as what? Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Why is it called Old Faithful? Because it, it happens over and over and over. And did you know it happens even without people in Michigan thinking about it? It just keeps happening, right? Now here's, these are all metaphors for the faithfulness of God that fall far short because all of these things that we've talked about, all of them are going to fail. You with me? Life will not always be as it is right now in depressed and third world countries. It will not always be that way. Someday Jesus is going to set up a kingdom. It's going to change everything, right? Your sump pump is not always going to work. I hate to tell you, right? Old faithful, the geyser is not going to always blow off like it's supposed to, okay? Those things are going to change. But God is faithful to an incredible degree that you and I cannot even comprehend. The God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament, the same God of the church age, and the same God of eternity. He is steady. He is stable. He is firm. He is trustworthy. And if you just want to kind of summarize what faithfulness means to you and to me, it is this, that you can count on Him. You can count on God I can count on God. Would you say that with me? I can count on God. I can count on God. That is because of his faithfulness. He continues. Even when I'm not thinking of him. Even when I'm not praying to him. Even when I'm not glorifying him as I should. He remains faithful. This morning, before we get to Psalm 143, I want to show you a passage in Revelation chapter 1 because I think this is a good illustration of faithfulness. This is a description of Jesus where John is writing to the seven churches in Asia and he says, Grace and peace to you from him which is, which was, and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the what? The faithful witness. Now I just want you to see this description. He's the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's what John is learning in his vision. That Jesus is faithful and because he's faithful... He is and was and is to come and has authority over death and sin and has authority over human rulers. He has the authority to make us kings and priests in his kingdom. All of these things are true because of faithfulness. If he's not faithful, these things don't really matter. Let me see if I can illustrate it for you. How many of you are watching the basketball tournament? NCAA, March Madness, okay, a few of us. All right, imagine that you're watching the basketball tournament, all right? Can I just tell you something? I know how to make a free throw. I know how to make a free throw. But if I'm in the national championship game, if your team's in the national championship game, and they need somebody to shoot a free throw for them, you do not want them to pick me. The reason you don't want them to pick me is I am completely unproven on the sta- that stage under that kind of pressure. Now, maybe... 30 years ago, the bet would be better, but it's still not great odds. Okay? I'm not dependable. I'm not trustworthy. I'm not proven. Under those circumstances, you can't predict that I will be consistent. So it's one thing to be able to do something. Here's what, here's coming back to Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. It's one thing to be able to do something. But it's a whole other thing to be counted on to do it right every single time. You with me? It's one thing to be able to do it, but it's a whole other thing to be counted on. So 
So here's what you can read this passage to say. You can count on Jesus to be the same yesterday, today, and forever because he's faithful. Does that make sense? You can count on him to give you eternal life. He didn't just do that for some people sometime in history. He's still doing that today. He's saving people. Why? Because he's faithful. You can count on him to subdue any human power on your behalf because he's faithful. You can count on him to glorify you in eternity. That's not just for somebody. That's for you because he's faithful. You can count on him. These things in this passage and others that we'll talk about today, Jesus will continually, dependably, repeatedly, perpetually incessantly, faithfully do on your behalf. Because as the author of Hebrews tells us, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is faithfulness. And can I just tell you, it matters a ton. It matters. And it should matter not only to our worship, but to the way that we live. So now let's read Psalm 143. Would you follow along please as I read Starting in verse number one, Psalm 143, this is a psalm of David, where David says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplication, in thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness, and enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified for the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground, he hath made, he hath made me dwell in darkness. As those that have been long dead, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as in a dry and thirsty land. Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my Spirit faileth, hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down to the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord. For thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble and of thy mercy cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. Would you pray with me, Lord? Sometimes like David, we feel like this. We feel like we're overwhelmed by life and we need to be reminded of your faithfulness. Lord, I believe that you have for us an application today that we need to hear. This church needs to hear. I need to hear. Would you please teach us your truth and change our thinking and change our living today to be more like Jesus. We pray in his amazing and powerful name. Amen. So a couple things David is thinking about as he talks about the faithfulness of God. Number one, David trusted God to faithfully hear and answer him in trial. David trusted God to faithfully hear and answer him in trial. Notice how he was counting on God to do this. Hear my prayer, he says, O Lord, give ear to my supplications, and in thy faithfulness, answer me. In the next few verses, David's going to use some words that describe how he was feeling about life. And I just want you to ask the question of yourself, like, do I ever feel like this? Do I ever feel like David felt? Here's a couple of the words that he uses. Do you ever feel judged, persecuted, smitten to the ground? Do you ever feel like you're dwelling in darkness? Do you ever feel like you're dead? He actually uses the phrase long dead, <laughs> like I'm really, really, really dead. Do you ever feel like that spiritually? Do you ever feel overwhelmed, desolate? This is a pretty dark description of life, but accurate at times, right? We sometimes feel this way. Can I just remind you of something? God is faithful. He's the same whether we feel good about life or feel bad about life. He is faithful and he hears and he answers your prayer. He can protect you from evil. 
Let me share a verse with you that kind of summarizes this. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and keep you from evil. Paul says, because of the Lord's faithfulness, you can trust, you can count on the fact that he will keep you from evil. Now you might ask, okay, so what does that mean? Is that in a, just in a general sense, like the evils of this world? Or is that in a specific sense? Like, are there specific evils that I maybe are not even, I'm not even thinking about that God is keeping from me? Like that sump pump that works when I'm sleeping and it keeps me from harming my home. Is God at work on my behalf to keep me from evils, real evils? And I would tell you the answer is yes. God is faithfully protecting you from evil. You might say, okay, what are the evils? Glad you asked. Let me give you a few of them, okay? So these are all in the New Testament, and these are all dependent on God's faithfulness, okay? So read these verses carefully with me. Number one, you can count on God to protect you from persecution. That's an evil. 2 Timothy 2.11, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth what? Faithful. He abideth faithful. Now the context of this is persecution for the name of Jesus. Persecution. Suffering because of testimony. And can I just tell you that we all might be facing this in the U.S. very soon? So I just want you to think about, will you deny the name of Jesus? Or will you suffer recognizing the fact that you can count on him to stay faithful? It's a big question. It's a challenging question. It's, it's almost... Like the phrase there is almost a redundancy. Notice what he says. He abideth faithful. Or we might say it this way. He continues continuing. Or he stays staying. Or he remains remaining. That's what that phrase abides faithful. He's faithful at being faithful. And he will protect us from the evil of persecution. Let's talk about suffering Suffering. At times, we all experience general suffering. Living under the curse, pain, illness, crisis, etc. Here's what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. I just want to remind you, if you're suffering today, that God is faithful He knows you better than you know yourself. He can sustain you through anything. Number three, tribulation. Tribulation. And by this I mean the terror of the end times. A little bit different than persecution and suffering. What about the terror of the end times? These are coming sooner than we think. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, Under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. Are you ready for tribulation? Now, I believe that the church will miss the great tribulation. Praise God. That Jesus is coming back to rescue his own. But what about what leads up to it? Let me ask you a question I asked our deacons a couple months ago, and I think this is a question the church needs to consider. Are you prepared for when what we do becomes illegal? Are you prepared for that? I think it's probably coming. To gather publicly and to pray in Jesus' name and to spend time publicly reading His Word and worshiping His name? Are you prepared for when what we do becomes illegal? I actually think it's a little arrogant to say, yes, I'm ready, bring it on. Uh, We've never experienced it. It might be a little arrogant to say you're ready, but can I just tell you something this morning? God's ready. He's ready for that moment. And He remains faithful. And He's called us. And He will keep us until the coming of Jesus Christ. Tribulation is an evil, and what leads up to it might be something that you need God's faithfulness through. How about temptation? 
First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is what? He's faithful. You can make it through temptation. God is faithful to bear you up through temptation. How about this one? How about sin itself? John said in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is what? He's faithful. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's faithful. He's long-suffering to us, to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Can I just ask you really quickly this morning? Have you repented from your sin yet? Have you? This is the call of, the, of, of Scripture. This is the message of the church. This is the gospel. Can I just tell you really quickly, all of us, when we're born, we're headed one direction. It is toward evil. It is toward sin. You don't have to teach a toddler to be selfish and unkind and to tell lies and be disrespectful. They figure it out, right? Because they're born with sin. We're all headed that way. And the call of Scripture is this. Will you turn your back on sin and put your faith in Jesus alone, exclusively? That I trust Christ. I understand I fall short of the glory of God. And I agree I need someone to rescue me. And Jesus is the only one that can do it. And so I turn my back on sin and I put my faith in Jesus. Not choosing heaven over hell, but choosing Jesus instead of my sin Scripture says, when I do that, he is faithful and just to forgive me. Did you know that sin is killing you? It's the greatest trial you face. Paul said the sting of death is sin. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Sin is killing us. It's killing us. And yet, God says, I will be faithful to forgive you. I can solve the sin problem. And by the way, I can solve the death problem. Jesus will die for you. What an incredible illustration of God's faithfulness. That he he doesn't go away. He doesn't leave us on our own. He doesn't say, hey, just deal with evil by yourself, he says, I will remain faithful and deal with it for you. David was confident in God. He knew he could count on God. And so he trusted God to faithfully hear him and answer him in trial. Number two, David intentionally focused on God's faithfulness in the past. David intentionally focused on God's faithfulness in the past to help him trust in the future. Our choir sings a song, He's been faithful Faithful to me, looking back, his love and his mercy I can see. If I look back over my life, if I just stop and pause for just a, just a second, I can see his faithfulness. Like we sang this morning, great is thy faithfulness, as thou hast been, that song says, thou forever wilt be. I can look back on the past and see how good you've been. Look at verse number five, he says, I Remember thy faithfulness. I remember the days of old. Sometimes we long for the good old days. Can I just give you a quick little newsflash reality? They're not as good as we thought they were. We just remember them that way, okay? But here's what David does. Listen to this. This is really important. He looks back. He thinks back. Not on the good old days, but on a good God. And there's a big difference. David does not look back on the good old days and blame somebody for the difficult days today. He looks back on the good old days and says, wow, God was good. God was faithful. You say, how do you know that, Brad? Well, let me just show you in verse number five. It says, I meditate on all what? Thy works. I muse on the work of Thy hands, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee, as in a thirsty land. He says this, God, I just want to be with you. You are faithful. You are good. I want you. And so I think about your goodness in the past. 
I know it's there even when I can't see it, but I want to see it. I want to see your goodness. I want to see your power. By the way, in Psalm 78, there's this prayer of God's people for their children. Can I just tell you, adults in the room, this is a specific way we should be praying for the younger generation, the young people in this church. Lord, help them to see your work. Help them to see your power. Help them to see your glory. I see it. I'm not sure they see it. Help us to see it. This is what David is asking for. Do you ever meditate on God's goodness? Do you ever meditate on it? Do you ever muse on his blessings? Or do we spend more of our time wishing for more? You know, it'd be nice, Lord. It'd be nice if I had that. Be nice if I felt this way. Be nice if this would happen. Rather than just meditating and musing on his goodness. Can you, can you just take a moment? But right now, let's just do it right now. Let's muse. Probably haven't even thought about that word for a long time, all right? But let's, let's muse on God's goodness to you personally. Let's muse on God's goodness to this church. Let me help you with that, okay? Let's just talk about this church for just a second. Aren't you grateful for 43 previous pastors who were faithful to preach the truth of the Bible so that we could enjoy the church as it is today? I'm grateful for that. We, we sit on their shoulders, faithful men of the past. And aren't you grateful for the young men that are stepping up and preaching the word of God with faithfulness and power to us? I am grateful for them. How about the sacrificial members of the past who built these buildings and paid for them? Aren't you grateful for them? I'm grateful for them. What faithfulness of God? How about a healthy school? That was started 40 some years ago and still continues today. Praise God for that. How about these comfortable buildings? How about all of our financial needs being met? How about protection from all kinds of evil which we're not even aware of? God has been faithful to this church and I think we need to pause for a moment and think about it. And I'm going to tell you at the end of the message today why that is so important. Some of us don't do this enough and there's a very tangible way you can tell. We need to think about God's faithfulness and God's goodness. He's been good. Amen? I mean, sometimes we say that, it's like, no duh, right? Wow, God's been good. God's always good, right? I just sometimes don't see it and I don't think about it as much as I should. 1 Corinthians 1, listen to this. I think this describes our church pretty good. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you. God's given us a lot of grace. Grace is good things undeserved and we have them all in Jesus Christ. That in everything you are enriched in utterance and knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come behind in no gift. I mean, let's just stop for just a second. In our church... That we can't really stop and say, boy, Lord, you know, it'd be really nice if you'd provide for us some musicians. We've got musicians. It'd be really nice if you could provide for us some disciple leaders. We've got disciple leaders. It'd be really nice if you could provide for us your word in printed form. We've got it, right? I mean, everything we need for life and godliness in 21st century America, we've got it. All of it. Waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end. That you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called, under the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. So, First Baptist Church of Wixom can say, man, we are blessed, but we are blessed because God is faithful. It's all because of his faithfulness to us. God has been so good. You can count on him to be good in the future. Remember Sarah? Sarah was told she was going to have a baby in her old age. Hebrews 11.11, through faith. Also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She said, you know what? God's never lied to me before and God said I'm going to have a baby. So guess what's going to happen? I'm going to have a baby. He's been good in the past. He's been faithful in the past. I know he'll be faithful in the future. You can trust him to do what he's promised even when it seems impossible. The question is whether we will respond in faithfulness back 
to God. David was determined to trust God, to faithfully hear him, to think back on God's faithful actions in the past. Thirdly, David expected God to faithfully renew his love and deliverance. He was counting on it. Every single day, he was counting on it. How many of you are mourning people? How many of you hate mourning people? Right? How many of you in the mornings, you just hate people? Right? Right? Not, not after I have my caffeine, but until then, yes, I do, right? Here's what David was doing. David was looking forward to experiencing God every morning. Have you gotten to that point in your life yet? There's a, there's a switch that kind of goes off in a lot of Christians' lives. And it's this. For a long time, I thought I had to get up and I had to read my Bible. And now when I wake up in the morning, I like, can't wait to read my Bible. Like, I just need to spend some time with God. I just want him to renew his love and his faithfulness. I just want to experience his mercy and his grace. I just need to spend some quiet time with God. I don't want the noise. I don't want the news. I don't want my email. I don't want the weather. I don't want any of that. I just want Jesus in the morning, that he could renew his love to me. This is what David says in verse number 7. Hear me speedily, O Lord, for my spirit fails Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down to the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. What's David saying? I know you love me. I know you do. Help me to know it. Help me to hear it. Help me to feel it. Help me to experience your love every single day. This actually reminded me, and maybe this is a little bit off topic, but this reminded me of Jesus, this prayer here, reminded me of Jesus in the garden. You remember Jesus in the garden where essentially he says this, Father, I'm fainting here. I can't do this. I need your help. But I'm committed to walk the path you have for me. Just don't leave me. I need you. What a great prayer. Not only in the morning, but throughout the day today and tonight and tomorrow And next week, that I would sense his love and his presence. David was leaning into God's mercy, which he could not see, but he knew it was there. Reminds me of Lamentations chapter 3. It's of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy what? Thy faithfulness. You can count on God every single day to renew his mercy and his love. Fourthly, David anticipated God's faithfulness to lead him into right living. He was counting on it. David said, may may my future experience your faithfulness. I just want to look at two things, kind of in reverse order here. But starting at verse number 11, he says, first of all, I need you to restore my life. Like, I, I feel dead spiritually. I need life. Verse 11, quicken me or revive me or bring me back to life. For thy name's sake. Did you know this is a major theme in scripture? In fact, there's one chapter of scripture that repeats this over and over and over again. It's Psalm 119. That's the one that a lot of you skip when you get to it in your Bible reading because it's too long. Right? It's a long one. Psalm 119, over and over and over again, it says this. Quicken me after thy loving kindness. Quicken me according to your judgments. Quicken me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness, over and over. Lord, would you bring me life by reminding me how much you love me? Bring me life. And then secondly, maintain my life or maintain my spiritual life, my spiritual health. Look at verse number 10. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Help me to be faithful to you and how I live, David is saying. Don't, don't just give me life, but teach me how to live my life. There's a passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 10. We're pretty familiar with the last couple of verses in this passage that say, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Remember that passage of scripture? We quoted that to one another quite a bit during COVID, right? We got to get together. We got to be with God's people. We have to fellowship. We got to provoke one another to love and good works. Why? Well, look at the verse preceding it. Because he is what? He's faithful. So 
The author of Hebrews is saying this, look, because God is faithful, you should be faithful. He's there every single day, every single morning, every single time you call, he's there. Are you there? Are you in your spot, so to speak? You might say, well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, let's just be honest. Does it really matter? Brad, now that there's Facebook Live, I can do bedside Baptist, right? I got my coffee and my PJs. I don't have to move till the, till the game comes on, right? I can just sit there after church and then continue with the rest of my day being entertained. Does it really matter? And by the way, why does it have to be bedside Baptist, first Baptist of Wixom edition? Why can't I just listen to some good preacher? Right? I mean, what does it matter? Well, it does only because what this verse says, it doesn't say, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together to listen to your preacher. What does it say? Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together so that you can provoke one another to love and good works. And that verse goes on to say, and exhort one another. Like church isn't just about coming and listening to somebody talk and share scripture, church is about interacting with each other, edifying one another, exhorting one another, helping one another, cheering one another on in our Christian walk. That is what it's about. Maintaining the spiritual health of one another. Will you remain faithful? By the way, this passage talks about some, some things. It talks about holding on to faith. Will you hold fast the profession of your faith because he's faithful? Will you provoke one another to love and good works because he's faithful? Will you exhort one another because he's faithful? Will you continue to gather together because he is faithful? David was determined to let God's faithfulness inspire his own faithfulness. So why is this such a big deal? I want to wrap things up just real quickly this morning if we can. Why is this such a big deal? And I think this is a huge deal. It's huge. Because the children of Israel serve in the Old Testament as an example to us. Most of the time, it is a negative example. Are you with me? The children of Israel had a lot of problems, but they had one overarching giant problem. It was their big problem. And it happens over and over and over in the Old Testament. There's one verse that sort of summarizes it. It is in Psalms 106, where it says this, They forgot God their savior, which had done great things in Egypt. If you remember the story, the children of Israel had selective memory. They remembered how good the food was in Egypt. Remember that? Like, oh, the food was awesome in Egypt. But they forgot how powerful God's display was as he rescued them. They forgot God. They, they didn't remember who he was. And it created a problem for them. Because, and, they, and they did this right away. Right away. They, they, remember, they, they're rescued as they go through the Red Sea and all of the Pharaoh's army gets buried in the water. And then what do they do? They say, hey, you know what? Let's build some golden calves and worship those. Right? I mean, they just forgot God. What they should have done is they should have gathered around and they should have said, let's talk about how great God is. Do you remember the plague of darkness? Oh, that was so cool. You remember the lice? Ha ha. Take that, Egyptians. Remember the flood? Remember the frogs? I mean, God's got a sense of humor. They should have thought about God. But what they did is they forgot about God and they said, you know what? Let's party. Let's create our own system of worship. And they forgot God. By the way, did you know that the whole Old Testament is given to the church to remind you of this problem and others? But here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. Now, these things are our examples. He's talking about the Old Testament. To the intent, we should not lust after evil things. Verse 11. Now, all these things happen to them for examples, and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Here's what Paul says. The whole Old Testament is given to remind you to remember God. Because as soon as you forget God, you embrace idolatry. And can I just tell you, I think this is probably the big sin of the 21st century church. We worship other things. It might be money, it might be promotion, it might be health. 
It might be peace and security, whatever. We worship other things and we forget God. We can't even really focus our attention for two minutes on God's faithfulness in the past and His goodness in the past. Do you trust God? Have you looked back at His goodness and said, You know what, Lord, you've been so good in the past. I trust you in the future. It's those that forget God's faithfulness that live in a constant state of idolatry. And this is why it is so important to look back. This is why it is so important to read the Old Testament, to see how powerful God is, to reflect on His goodness in my life, to reflect on His goodness in my country, to reflect on His goodness in my church, to think about God's faithfulness. When I don't, my heart immediately goes to idolatry. And that's why this is such a big deal. So in closing, let me just ask you four quick questions. Number one, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Are you trusting God for deliverance from evil? Remember, Jesus said we're supposed to pray this way and deliver us from evil. How's your prayer life? Perhaps you can take inspiration from David and say, you know what it's time for me to do? It's time for me to remember God is faithful and it's worth praying. It's worth taking time to pray. Number two, do you ever intentionally meditate on his goodness? Do you ever intentionally meditate on his goodness? A few years ago, we were doing every third month, we were doing a special Sunday we called Celebration Sunday. You remember Celebration Sundays? I'll be honest with you, the wind got taken out of my sails just a little bit with Celebration Sundays when somebody said to me, hey, by the way, what are we celebrating? And I responded with, what are we not celebrating? I mean, like, do you know who God is? <laughs> are you saved? I mean, you got something to cheer about, right? You got something to be excited about. What are we not celebrating? The list could go on and on and on and on. Every Sunday is a celebration Sunday. You with me? Because God is faithful. God is that good. Thirdly, are you expecting his faithfulness with every new day? With or without coffee? I mean, are you expecting it? Are you thinking about waking up to God's goodness and God's love every single day? And then lastly, are you allowing his faithfulness to inspire your own faithfulness? Would you say you are spiritually stable, dependable, in your place, growing, exhorting, provoking others, to love and greater good works. May God's faithfulness inspire us to be faithful as well. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for our time together today. Thank you for reminding us of your goodness. Lord, we admit that many, many times we, we fail to take the time to think on your goodness. And so this morning, if nothing else, Lord, help us to recall your faithfulness and trust you more for the future that you will remain faithful. The same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. Lord, we love you and thank you for Jesus and the eternal life we have in him. We pray this in his name. Amen. Let's stand together and close with that chorus that we sang last week, Who is Like Our God. Let's sing this out together. Crowned with adoration, he is high. The nations who is like the Lord our God Raise us from the ashes He has turned our grief To gladness who is like the Lord our God Who is like the Lord our God There is no one like our God, there is no one like our God. Thank you for watching this video of one of our recent services. It's a pleasure for us to have you join us from a distance and join our church in a time of worship around the Word of God. The most important message that we can tell you is that God loves you 
And he loves you so much that he gave Jesus Christ as payment for your sins. And the Bible says that all that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. We want you to know that message that true life is found in Jesus Christ. And eternal life, the opportunity to live with God forever in heaven in spite of our sinfulness. True life is only found in Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you be willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Would you be willing to pray something like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I know there's nothing I can do about my sinfulness. I don't want to pay for my own sin, and I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want his death on the cross to pay for my sins. I want to repent from doing things my own way and make Jesus Lord of my life. Would you be willing to pray something like that and put your faith in Jesus Christ? If so, we want to help you as you start your spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. God loves you. Our church loves you. We're glad that you could watch this message today. God bless.